Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. Myself and Greg Piatelli recap the week that was in baseball. We go over hot teams, cold teams, the individual player awards, some stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, the return of the beer corner, even though Matty D was doing a little live scouting at the Eagles game. We... Also, a look ahead to the next week in baseball and uh, go over a few housekeeping items at the end, so stay tuned for that. But as always, please go like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. ThunderBLG is our Twitter handle, so go follow us on there. And as always, enjoy this week's episode. We are live. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, with me for back-to-back weeks. It's the prophet himself, Greg Piatelli. What's up, buddy? How are you? Much better intro this week around than last week, and uh, pretty exciting the New England uh, Little League World Series team started off their turn with a big win. So uh, take that home to the bank, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, suck it, Jordy. Yeah, you know, uh, PA lost in the finals for the Mid-Atlantic, so it's a little tough there. But, you know, uh, Williamsport's always the big winner. So we we kind of get that by default. And The Phillies single-A short-season team is down there or up there, and they're getting a Major League Baseball game. So – it's a win in my it's a win in my book and in, in the Phillies ledger. <laughs> well, it's a big win for New England despite it being Connecticut. And we all know how half of Connecticut thinks of New York, but yeah. still a big win for good old uh, team New England to start off the tournament right. New double elimination, a little different than when we were playing, but uh, Is it really? Group play? Yeah, everything's single elimination now, so there's like a winners and a losers bracket. Wow, a little consolation tournament. Yeah, and like, like double, double elimination. Yeah, I guess you only get. Oh, that's, that's nuts. Yeah, you only just get like three. just yeah. like the college world, the college World Series tournament. Yeah, so the teams that go zero and two, the teams that go zero and two, they like. So if you go zero and two in the U.S. bracket, you play the team that went zero and two in the international bracket, and that's your quote unquote third game, but it doesn't count for anything. Oh, so, so everybody still gets three games at least. Yeah, but it's fucking stupid. No, I mean, that kind of makes sense. It's a little better than the NCAA tournament where, like, you basically, like, especially if you're a four seed, like, you you don't really get this as an ACC alum. But for us mid-majors, we, you know, we draw the big dogs in the first game. Then we draw the second big dog. It's UVA. It's, you know, Virginia Tech. It's, you know, your ACC guys. And you beat up on us. So Beat up by the next team so you know at least we get one more you know, in this scenario we'd get one more game so Syracuse not having a baseball team I have never once followed uh, the college world series setup that you're talking about uh, really? yeah no, I didn't know Syracuse didn't have a baseball team I would think with such a illustrious athletic program and the big broadcasting school that it has like baseball has to be a sport that's included in that so there's this thing called Title IX. I'm not sure if you're aware. 
Ah, uh, good old Title Nine. They used to, so they used to have baseball. No, so you have to spend the same amount of money you spend on male sports as female sports. They never, so they never did. They just didn't and, and didn't like lose it like some te- like how some schools lost football. You're doing some terrible hosting by cutting me off every time I. <laughs> I'm trying to to paint a big a broader picture. So the big picture is that Syracuse spends so much money on its men's football and men's basketball and even men's lacrosse for that matter that if you look at it, the women's sports are close to three to one over the men's sports. Wow, that's a it's a big statistic there, big ratio. Like they have women's hockey, women's softball, uh, women's tennis, women's field hockey. They have all these women's sports, but no no men equivalent. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, we learned, we just learned something new, everybody, you know? Um, yeah. I, and I, I knew that they had a softball team cause I know a lot of girls from like the Philadelphia area go to Syracuse for softball. So I would have always assumed they had a baseball team too, but good old title nine getting in the way. Hey, uh, congrats on knowing all those girls. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we, uh, we were acquaintances. Oh, I don't know if you want to say that. Well, not, oh, whoa, Greg, we're not going that way. Let's move on. So as you all know, week 18 in the books, kind of getting our way to the weekend. And, uh, you know, Greg, it was an interesting week in baseball. We saw some of the bigger dogs show off their bark and, and some of the other ones kind of flounder around. And others win in uh, very interesting ways. Wow, it sounds like you're trying to hint at something, Jordy. Well, I mean, so we, we've seen, you know, some team. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. I mean, I, I'm mainly saying this because I watched a lot of the Cubs game last night during my three-hour flight delay in the Chicago O'Hare Airport, and the Cubs had a uh, they had a nice little lead going. Anthony Rizzo hit a oppo bomb, grand slam, and then they it was tied up six six, and then they won on a wild pitch of all things. Blog never sleeps. Blog never sleeps. You know, I mean, it was it was a rough day at the office for me returning from vacation. But um, you know, I, I I can't get enough of this sport. I love it. I mean, clearly you watch college baseball World Series. Well, that was also because, and this is really like going into video games and whatnot. But Two uh, K bought out the rights to Major League Baseball back in the day because EA did it with Madden. So kind of a revenge MVP baseball 2005 is EA's last foray into pro baseball. So they used the engine for the game to make a college baseball game. And I actually bought it one year and I learned you know, all about this. It didn't have every single team, so I couldn't play as Lehigh, but you could make a team. So I made the mountain Hawks and you, know, you go all the way to the college world series. And that's kind of how I learned about double elimination tournaments. It was a, uh, it was educational in that regard. What about uh, who, who does the show? The show is Sony, so I think the way they got around that was that Sony basically they they make the game and they put it on their own product. So I think they're like we're not selling it to Microsoft and, and Nintendo, so we might as well be allowed to put it on our own thing. It's not com- the only thing that's competing with 2K is on PlayStation. It's not on Xbox. It's not on GameCube. And then now, then the Wii and the 360, and now the Switch. And right. I guess the Wii U. Anyways, nerd alert. Anyways, I told you, I warned you, and you let me go. So, I mean, <laughs> reel it back in, nerd alert. All right. All right. 
So big, big week this week, uh, Jordy. Give me your hot team of the week. My hot team of the week, Greg, is going to be the Cleveland Indians of all teams. They have won six straight, seven of the last ten. They're now leading the division, and they are now the only team in run differential. They're second in the in the American League. That's what I was meant to get out of leading. Um behind the Houston Astros and run differential. Your Boston Red Sox are making, clawing their way back at the Yankees in that way. Um, but the Indians, you know, they're, they're starting to get it together. Carlos Carrasco is starting to pitch where we thought he should. Corey Kluber, we talked about last week, having a great, great season. Uh, and those hitters are, are doing pretty well. And they survived today, despite Jose Ramirez going out, or they're surviving. The... the um, now in their second game, I should say they're, they're playing a day night doubleheader. They won this morning or this afternoon, but they're uh, they're they're playing pretty well. Their home record is actually worse than their road record, which I feel like in a in a water always finds its level type of environment. Uh, you'll see that start to fix itself probably in the way of the home record going up and the road record standing pat at ten games above five hundred. So that's my team. What was that? What was that analogy you just used? Water always finding its level. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I mean, the Cubs are the the quintessential of this. We saw it in the playoffs where they were underperforming, and then they got back to their mean, right where you know they needed to in the World Series, and they're doing it again this year. They they started out pretty low, you know, the 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 trough of the wave, if you will, to use a little science for you. Um, and it's coming back up. It's going up to the crest of the wave. And who knows where it'll be? Who knows where they'll be in that sort of upward cycle as the playoffs start? But the Indians are sort of in that same boat. They they didn't start off the season incredibly well. Now they're six games up in the division over the Royals. And I, uh, it's been a fun little run for Cleveland, you know, and, and uh, they need it right now if we uh, want to bring it out to some other sports. But we won't. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, that's an obvious choice, having won six games in a row. Um, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go in a race that's actually still, uh, still alive and one that's legit, you know, working, working hard to stay relevant. And that would be the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, they uh, they were, they were both our cold teams last week after being swept by some terrible teams. Uh, but this week turned around so far, uh, they're on a little four game win streak and to the point where they jumped the Cardinals moved into second place and now only sit uh, a game back, but it's really two half a games uh, behind the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, they're, um, their pitching is is still up and down. The one thing that, that kind of scares me is that that run differential, and it's specifically their runs against. Their runs for is good. They're, they're second or third, actually. The Reds have the, almost the most in the division. But they're third in the division. They're they're up on the Cardinals and on the Pirates, who are still hanging in there. But their runs against are fourth in the in the Central. They're not doing so hot in the National League overall. To give it an idea, Greg, I complain about the Phillies pitching a ton every single week. I do almost, and they're only they've only allowed twenty four less runs than the Phillies. So it's not necessarily the best thing in the world. 
So who knows? I mean, coming back to that wave analogy, are they still on the upward or are they starting to come back down? But it's a great I mean, pick for right now, four wins in a row. If we're talking about teams it, that are going to make the playoffs and win the World Series, this is a little different conversation. I'm simply yeah. talking about the hot team of the week, which was the question posed to me in the beginning. Do I think they can win the World Series? Hell no. Do I think anyone <laughs> coming out of the East besides – or the West uh, – I think anyone's coming out of the National League besides the Dodgers. I mean, how often does the favorite go into the playoffs and come out of the other side as uh, the the representative? You know, you you you're the stat boy. You're the nerd. You can tell me that. It's actually not a ton in baseball. In other sports, it's a lot, but in baseball, it's up and down. It, there's as we, I mean, there's a run of wild card teams about 10, 15 years ago, and then uh, one seeds have done better as of recently. The Cubs, notably last year, uh, but. It's it's up and down, and, where, and when they can't, but who knows? I mean, your 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 point, you know, stays true. If the Brewers can get into the dance, who knows what the hell can happen? Um, again, other sport analogies we could make, but for your, for your sake, I'm not going to make that, and for my sake, because of that derp face, I'm not going to. But you know, that's a, that's a great point. Who's a what's a derp face? Oh oh man, you only play them once every four years, and every so often in the Super Bowl, the the contingent of people that don't like the New York Giants. So that includes those idiots in Texas and those people down I-95 from us. Uh, we all don't, you know, we're, we're all in the the uh, AFC or NFC East with uh, with the New York Giants. And, and Eli Manning, if you've never noticed, bad faces. Even if he scores a touchdown, it's like kind of a sad smile. Yeah, and he, it's a derpy not. face. It's a derpy face. Listen, listen, don't even get me started on the Giants and – I mean, when the Eagles are relevant and a loss of the Giants might mean something, we can talk. But don't even get me started on Eli Manning the Giants. Give this me is why I said to save for you. You you asked about the derp face. Give me your cold team of the week, Jordy. Let's hear it. All right, my cold team of the week is actually going to be the St. Louis Cardinals, and oh. it's similar to you. They're seven and ten, seven to three in their last ten, but falling out of out of second. And now, you know, if playoffs started today, they'd be out of the playoffs. The big thing here is they, it's got, it's got you know, they're being serious by the Red Sox. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're not stepping up where they need to. And we, we talked about this a couple times since the All-Star break of these kind of put up or shut up series. And the, the Cardinals had started to put up, kind of being told to shut up. And who knows? I mean, they're in a rain delay right now with the with the Pirates five four. Uh, I, I can't see what inning it is from ESPN, but if it's beyond the fifth inning, they could call that a Pirates win. Who knows? I mean, that'd be that would then be two and a half games out. The Cubs currently have already lost. No, no, they've already won to or no lost. Jesus, Cincinnati and Chicago's logos are way too close. Um, so they'd you know lose a half game still, but it's not necessarily the best thing in the world for them where they are. And that's just like you said, it's a relevant race. It's the most relevant race where that Pirates team is slowly hanging on, and and they're. You know, I'm not saying they're a team that you could talk yourself into, you know, making the playoffs by any means because they're on the road. But you know the the, the Cardinals. These are those kind of games you gotta win. That if you're coming into late August and then September call-ups short two and a half games is very doable, but you know, it's better to be closer than it is further. And as chalky as it is to say, 
Yeah, no, I understand that, and I fully, uh, fully am on board. I, I just think that the Pirates, I, I don't foresee them winning this division. Um, I don't foresee them jumping four teams just to. Get oh, absolutely them. not. Yeah, it's the Cardinals though that like seeing that sweep by Boston as great as the Red Sox have been, um, especially when you're you're getting mowed down by some some great pitching. Uh, you know, but it's it's still something where if you can't put out one game against a good team like that, it's still something where you're you're, you're really being told to just sit down and let the big boys play. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to the Cardinals though, they uh, that series with the Red Sox, it was it was a ten to four shellacking, and then they actually had a lead into the ninth, and that lost in a walk off um, via uh, Name Your Molina dropping the dropping the relay throw and throwing it back. Yeah. So, um, anyways, my call of the team of the week, you know, I was, I was very seriously wanted to say the Houston Astros going three of seven in their last 10. Um, and more recently, you know, splitting with the Diamondbacks, losing two out of three of the Rangers, getting swept by the White Sox. Um, but honestly, they're so far ahead that how can you really call them a cold team of the week? So I'm going to go ahead. Um, and I'm going to go with the other, the other two national league teams that, currently stand atop the wild card race, um, but they're not too far ahead of the NL Central teams in the Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, and Pirates. And that, of course, is the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Both teams are on a little bit of a skid in the last couple weeks, um, or last week, I should say, with... Love the pick. Yeah, so, I mean, I know it's two two teams and blah, 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 but, um, you know, for me, I think it's... I honestly think it's... You know, both these teams are on notice now because, you know, the Diamondbacks have lost two, they, uh, three series in a row now, four, including the, four series in a row, including the Giants. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I think that they need to certainly figure their shit out because, you know, didn't they uh, – De La Rosa just went on the – just he's getting surgery. They just announced that today, right? Yeah, they did. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, they're – their pitching staff is at least has been, you know, one of the better ones in the NL. Uh, second lowest in runs runs against uh, behind that incredible run that the Dodgers are on. But I mean, they're not performing well as of recently. And I mean, a big part of it is that they can't really travel, and it's almost inexplicable that their record is so not bad, but relatively for a team that's thirteen games above five hundred, they're three games below it on the road. Um, you know, you love to play at home and that's great and everything, but especially as a wild card team where you're going to be playing your first couple games on the road in, you know, assuming you get out of it, which right now they would be, even though they're the exact same record against the, they might be on the road there. And, and if you're in Colorado and your pitching's not on that right trend, you could get shelled pretty easily. And, I mean, shout out to you for one, Greg, because you were that was your big prediction coming out of the the All Star break was that this gap in the wild card would tighten. So give yourself a little pat on the back. Hey, listen, they don't call me the prophet for nothing. But that's true. Uh, the other cold team again, same division, the Rockies. You know, they got swept yeah. by the, swept by the Marlins, split with the Braves, you know, lost uh, lost to the Phillies, but. Um, you know, they, they again another team tied with you know, that that wild card's getting a little closer um, as we sort of start as August starts to wide wind down. Kids start going back to school, 
Uh, and then, you know, uh, with Arenado leaving the game today for the Rockies, you know, you know, never again. What did you say? I said he's hurt again. Yeah, you never know. You never know what could happen. You never know what could happen. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's you know, those – the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals, and Pirates are all in playoff survival mode right now. So, honestly, at this point, you know, I, I could see them catching. Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible that that can become a, an incredible race down the stretch. I mean, they're – the Brewers are four games back of the, uh, or four and a half rather, of the of the Diamondbacks and the card and the uh, the Rockies because they're tied in record. Right. Um, but it's, I mean that that can easily tighten. This is one thing that when Matt and I did the the NL West to start the year, I was a little hotter on the on the Rockies, thinking their pitching would be a little tighter. He was very confident on their pitching, but I was you know we were worried about their offense. This is kind of where, you know, where that's starting to to come into fruition, unfortunately. And it's something where how both of their parks stack, that they need to make sure that they can kind of at least somewhat get their shit together enough that they can maintain four or five game lead coming into September. Because, I mean, it's de- there's definitely a lot of hole, holes right at the bottom of the ship and it's you can only do so much to plug it up. Losing players to the DL certainly doesn't help. No, you're right, and and by all means, you know it's especially with the fact that the Brewers are getting hot and the Cardinals have all their pitching, and I mean even the Pirates for now, you know they're not out of it, and who knows with Pittsburgh? But um, you know I think it's one of those things to keep an eye on, and and that's why those two teams, uh, I'm putting them on notice as my cold teams of the week. You know, that's a that's a a fantastic pick. Uh, one I might throw out in the the NL or the AL is the Tampa Bay Rays. They've kind of really fallen off in terms of uh that race. That was something that we all, that I think the three of us, you, me, and Stevie G, kind of agreed on was they were the team that likely would. Um, they've you know in their last ten games they fell from basically being tied with the Yankees in that second spot in the AL East to now 10 and a half games back. They're tied in terms of games back with Baltimore and Toronto. So that's one to be, to be at least worth noting that uh, that offense is really, really run dry, I think. Yeah. And it, it was only a matter of time, you know, it was one of those things where it's They're so young. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's just what happens. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, even you look at the Red Sox last year, they sputtered with their young offense simply because, you know, like you said, everyone's young, but then they had Ortiz and a couple other Pedroia, a couple other older guys to bail them out. And the Rays don't necessarily have that big pop, big power. And Archer certainly going to the DL definitely did not help. Absolutely. Let's move over to the player awards, Matt. We are uh, going to start with our name's Greg. boy nice Hobbs. What's up? So my name's Greg. Nice to meet you. What did I call you? Matt. It's okay. Oh Jesus! Oh man, he's he's always here. He's omnipresent. <laughs> well, he's in your mind, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, the the Eagles game where he uh, he's doing some live scouting for us and for his dynasty team. It's on the TV, so I uh, that I guess. Uh, but let's move on, Greg, to our Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. For those new to the show, we give out individual player awards. Talk about some of the hot players along with those hot teams. Uh, we'll start with our batting 
uh, MVP. Greg, who you got? Batting MVP for this glorious, glorious week. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, give it to Nunez again after I, I gave him an honorable nod last week and gave it to him again. Um, but I'm going to switch things up. Um, I'm going to go with a team that is super hot right now. Um, a team that, sorry, super cold right now, but a guy who certainly has cemented himself in the MVP race, and that is Jose Altuve, uh, batting 357 this this week and uh, having 10 hits, two RBIs, and a home run, uh, as well as three walks. So for me, it's him. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that consistently day in and day out does his job, and I think that's what is going to award him the MVP uh, race. And, uh, you know, Aaron Judge certainly sucks big ones. So he's done, thank God. <laughs> so happy that you're over that. You know, and I got something to say about this too. Yankee fans, you know, they're so quick to talk about, oh, we have all the greatest players of all time, blah, blah, blah. Here's a kid who did nothing. Like, you know, he had, he had a good hot start. And, yeah, he's mashing the ball, mashing homers. But they have anointed him like the fucking next greatest thing since Jer- – like, they think he's better than Jeter. And it's like, dude, he's been here for – he hasn't even had time to, like, un- untie his shoes in the majors. And you're out here awarding him, giving him fucking judges court or whatever bullshit they do in the fucking outfield. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, how about, how about he wins the World Series? How about he wins something other than hitting 37 home runs or some bullshit? Like, how about, how about – let's – Let's do something different. So I'm so pumped that Tuve is going to overtake him, overtake him, and I'm so pumped that uh, you know some other rookies are are coming into the for, forefront for the rookie of the year. But we can get into that later. So who's your who's your uh, hot hot batter of the week, Jordy? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the chalk pick. I'm going to give it to Giancarlo Stanton. It's hard to not give it to a guy that hits six home runs in as many games. Uh, Nash is that. He also has 13 hits to your 10 for Altuve uh, batting 464 on the week slugging percentage of 1143 because of those six homers. He had one double, no triples stole a base as well. So a little bit of speed walked twice, struck out six times, you know, as a home run hitter might want to see that be a little better, but I, I mean, the big, the big thing too is that he's getting on base and he's coming around. He had nine runs. So three of them were not his own doing. You know Miami's where they where they're at. They're not in it at all. But it's fun to see that he's still relevant and that he's you know coming back from the injuries he's had over the years and is still that ball masher that we've uh, grown to grown accustomed to. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm hoping that he, uh, you know, I'm hoping he comes close. I think I think he might be able to make a little run here towards the uh, towards the sixty mark. Yeah, I mean. You know, that would be, what, the first one since Bonds and that, that whole crew? I'm, yeah, know, Bonds and Sosa in 2001. Yeah, obviously he's not on pace to hit the hit 75, but I think I think he I think he could take a little run here, right? He's Let's see, what is he at this right now? He's at uh, 44? He's at 44, yeah. He, Marlins record, he broke that this week as well. Um, did you see that there's some rumors thrown around that he might be a waiver wire? I mean, do you think if you were a team and you had the opportunity to trade for him right now, I mean, you'd almost have to, but but would you? Would you want to try to give that up? 
And do you think you'd do well outside of Miami? Uh, yeah, dude. You would 100% do that, especially if you're a team that needs some offense, like the Red Sox, who fucking have no long ball or no fucking they – the, they're the only team in the major leagues without a fucking grand slam. Even the Phillies have a grand slam. The, the Red Sox are the only team in the fucking major leagues without one. The power numbers, like right now you got Benintendi leading the team, like the last like two weeks in RBIs, like – yeah, I think there are teams that would 100% go after John Carlos Stan, and I think, but I think the Marlins would be so stupid to do that because this this is a guy who's what seven years, eight years into his career, and and you know is he what is he? How old is he? Is he 99? Or is he eight, is he 90 like us? Or is he 89? Like what's is he 26, 27, 28? Like you're not. That's your franchise. You you don't trade him. So a couple. So to answer a couple of your questions. Especially seventh year in the league. They just sold the. They just sold the team. That'd be so stupid. Yeah. To DJ, uh, but to answer your question, seventh year in the league, born in 1989, and that's sort of that. That was the answer. That was the answer I was looking for. Is it'd be dumb of the Marlins to do that, and that was kind of the side I was coming on. And the reason why I was asking if you were the team trading for him, I mean, if you're Miami and you are actually considering shopping him, especially this late fleece them right i mean that's the only thing you'd have to do and some of those bigger name teams like you threw out i mean you might be able to get some of those higher name prospects for it because the time is so low for need and you, you kind of got to pay a little higher for it that you know weird time dynamic and the supply and demand factor of what you need so that, that that was where i was coming at pause i mean if i was a team and i could get them for the same value i could have in june uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I do that. Uh, but sort of given the, the fact that time's running out in other words, so you really need them. You can upsell them a ton. If you're Miami, if you're considering it, that's where I was getting pause that, that sort of defend my, uh, my obvious question to you. Yeah, no, I don't think they're, well, I don't think that he should be on the waiver market and all that, but, um, let's go ahead and move on here to the next category. So I got two for my Billy Chapel pitcher of the week. I'm going to give you my first one. I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to come back with my second one. Sound good? Listen, it's your show, bud. I'm I'm just along for the ride. Hey, we're partners in this. We're, <laughs> we double check. We double check. We ride together. We die together. Blog boys for life. Go, I need it. What? You need bad boys three? I said I need you to – to give me the answers right now. Let's do it. Marcus Stroman, little USA and Canada action. Very nice. Two, two starts this week went 14.1 innings. He did pick up a loss. But that sort of solidifies why it's amazing the fact that he pitched the third most amount of innings out of all the pitchers across Major League Baseball. He struck out 11, uh, which is uh, not up there, but – the fact that he's able to get a loss with a whip below one, he's one of the only pitchers to do that at .98. And an ERA that's 1.26, he only let up two earned runs. Six of them, he did let up a total of six. So he kind of had a little bit of defensive faux pas around him. But, I mean, he's doing as much as he can with that sort of floundering Toronto roster that's that's around him. And, I mean, it's it's nice to see. We saw that a little bit and flashes of it in the, the World Baseball Classic. and. It's nice to see he's coming back around to this. Yeah, it's just too bad. You know, he's just on one of those teams that is nowhere to be found, you know. Um, 
Yeah, so my my uh, pitcher of the week is has to be uh, from your hot team of the week, Danny Salazar from the Cleveland Indians. Oh, yeah, great pick. Um, you know, he's two games, two starts, um, only giving up two runs total for the week with ERA averaging to be 1.46, and then he had 18 strikeouts uh, along the way. And, and obviously, like you said, that team is certainly – position themselves to be peaking at the right time, hopefully for them. Um, obviously not for the Red Sox, but hopefully for them. So for me, it's Salazar. Um, now I wanted to say, uh, I was going to give it to, um, Clayton Richard from the San Diego mm-hmm. Padres having, you know, 11 strikeouts, two starts, uh, only three runs, but you know, at, at this point, I know the spirit of the award is to give it to the best player of the week or pitcher of the week, but for me, I feel like it has to be at least a team that is somewhat uh, in the thick of it. No, no, we can get some shout-outs. Like one I want to give is to uh, the man who's sadly selling his uh, former home here in Philadelphia. That's Cole Hamels. He, he had a nice little week for himself, especially coming off of injury. Um, another one to look you know, that did pretty well in that same light, Garrett Cole for the for – the, Pirates. He's the one keeping them together. He let up a few more runs than we might want to want to see. An ERA of almost f- of four and a half, but he struck out sixteen. So there's a little bit of dominance there. But Greg, shoutouts are always welcome in these segments. We want you know we want to throw out as much as much news for the people as possible. All right, big fan, big fan. Moving on. Here we go. Well, so my other, my other, uh, Billy Chapel for the week, Greg, because you always call me out when I don't do the bullpen guys. I don't give them the love. Yes, sir. You know, all that stuff. Yes, sir. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to a guy that we talked a little bit about in our trade deadline recap of a, a move that we, I think we all agreed was great for Washington. And that's Brandon Kinser. Mm. Four starts in the last seven days, converted two holds out of it, struck out four in those four innings, only allowed three hits in a run. So, I mean, that's a run of, of over, or an ERA of over two, but, I mean, ERAs for, for relievers are kind of a wacky stat anyway. But, I mean, that's some that's some good stuff in terms of what you wanted for him. And I think kind of, I mean, it's a team that we kind of don't give all the love to because they're never that dominant in terms of how they do week over week, you know, in terms of being a hot or cold team and, and whatnot. But, giving them the shout out and the credit where it's due and, and building up for what they need to, to get the ball across the goal line in the playoffs. Uh, this is definitely something that kind of proves they're, they're taking those correct steps. Listen, if, if you were going former Phillies on the Washington nationals, I thought you were going to go with jumbo Joe Blinn or uh, Ryan, jumbo Joe, or your boy, Ryan Madsen. Uh, oh, right. I forgot about Ryan Madsen. Um, both those guys had good weeks. Uh, Jumbo Joe pitched uh, one out uh, for one game with one strikeout. So uh, good for him, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, he uh, he was the forgotten one in that five man uh, Uber rotation that only lost that only made it through uh, to Game Five of the NLDS. Surprisingly, um, he had a great year, though. Year. Jumbo Joe Blinn, the year that they had that unbelievable uh, little pitching staff. Well, he had a good run as a Philly when he was a starting pitcher. I mean, he was kind of that that key move that was kind of goes unsung 
in 2008 when uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. picked him up. He, of course, hit the home run in the World Series. And then he, he did pretty well. Me okay. saying he was the forgotten pitcher was uh, when in spring training, they go to Cole Hamels and, and ask him, hey, you know, you have this rotation of, uh, of superstars. What's it like being the only one with a ring? Sitting right next to Joe Blanton goes, what do you mean? And he points to Joe. Um, so that, that's what I was getting at after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to see former Phillies do well. You always root for it, uh, especially in these, these rough times as a, uh, a Phillies fan. <laughs> Great segue for us. Do you want to give us a quick uh, week update for the Phils? Uh, week update is definitely the, uh, the way to put it, Greg. It, <laughs> little pun. Little, oh little yeah. Pun. It's, it's a great pun. Uh, so we, Greg, we were pretty, um, uh, we came, we did our last episode on the heels of a 10, nothing loss to the New York Mets that yielded into a run this week of, if you include that game one and six, Ooh. you, uh, you do get a win against the Mets. I got to see that. I saw. Uh, last Saturday, but um, they lose Friday in a close one, seven six. Win three one Saturday. Lose uh, pretty handedly in the next four games. That uh, final game against the Mets on Sunday, and then they uh, fly out west. And another wacky kind of MLB scheduling faux pas. They went out west a couple weeks ago to LA for the second time because they played the Angels, and then to then to Colorado. And then back to Philly, or then to Atlanta, and back to Philly for a weekend trip. Uh, so they've gone east and west twice in in three weeks, basically. Uh, but they got swept by the Padres. Really, really stings because they're this close to not being the worst team in baseball. Uh, they're pretty far in terms of the National League, but the White Sox are right there. Uh, but they they're about to start uh, against the Giants tonight. A, a uh, Nice little four-game set in San Francisco. So that'll be interesting to see uh, two of those bottom dwellers battling it out, which uh, you know I'm sure our, les- our listeners would love to hear more about. This is a race uh, for but worst it's- place? What? This is a, ways- a race for worst place? Uh, let's let's see. The Phillies are 43-75. and 75. No, so the, the Phillies could put themselves a game behind the Nationals. Or the not the Nationals, the the Giants in terms of worst place, um, or maybe not. They they only have one more loss, um, so they could actually they might be able to come come out of this if they if they sweep them and would be forty seven and seventy five. Giants would be forty eight and seventy eight. Uh, yeah, they'd have less losses, one less win. Uh, they might not have the worst record. So yeah, battle for worst. Let's do it, Greg. I honestly think there's some tanking going on, if, if I'm being honest here, uh, based on the fact that uh, the 76ers tanked and now they got the first pick. And I think uh, I think your boys uh, over there in Philly, the Citizens Bank ballpark, they're going to do a little tanking as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, trust the prospects is the, uh, the Phillies slogan right now. Yeah. We've had a nice little run in the minor leagues in here. terms of Reese coming up, hitting his first – Two dingers this week in uh, in Get San Diego. Conversation immediately. Well, I mean, you know, Jorge Alfaro, he's had a nice little run. Dylan Cousins down in the minors. Sixto Sanchez all the way down in the minors, doing very well. Number one pick, Mickey Moniak, is is performing very well. J.P. Crawford finally kind of turning his season around over the last month and a half. It's been a nice little run, and it's it's certainly positive 
in terms of where they will be. 2019 opening day is going to look a lot different than the current lineup right now, and at least in position players. Um, but they have some cornerstones right now that if they keep solidifying themselves, we'll be here for a while. And then it just, it's a matter of waiting for the rest to come up. I love it. Um, so Let's get a little Red, little Red Sox take from you. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox, after, you know, sweeping the White Sox in the four game set, sweeping the Rays in the two game set, winning two out of three versus the Yankees, really should have been a sweep, but they blew the Friday night game. Uh, you know, they had a makeup game with the Indians along the way that didn't go well for them, but they pitched Doug Fister, so not much to be expected there. And then a uh, couple nice wins against the Cardinals here at home, and now they're heading into another day off today and then heading into another three-game weekend series with the Yankees, this time at Fenway Park. So Yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's like I said, like I've been saying, it's going to be haymakers. And I think this, this weekend series, not to get ahead of ourselves of what to look out for, but Couple games on national TV, a lot of great pitching, a lot of great hitting. You know, let's let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, it's you know, I think either team one's going to be the wild card, one's going to be the the division winner. I think the Red Sox will be a division winner, but obviously, there's no bias there. Um, you know, I think Nunez has been an unbelievable addition, and I think uh, you know, adding him was was a great move by Dombrowski and one that certainly no one could have foreseen, at least I definitely could not have. Um, and then bringing up Devers, you know, a nice little rookie. He's, he's been doing unbelievable as well. Getting rid of San, uh, Pablo Sandoval, obviously, is always a plus. And, you know, people forget that, you know, they have, David Price has been out this whole time, and they're only going to gain because uh, Pedroia has been in and out of the DL, so they're only going to gain uh, with Pedroia and Price coming back. Exactly. And I'm glad that you brought up Devers, Greg. That's a, a perfect segue into our final individual player award. That is our Henry Rowan Gardner Rookie of the Week. And, uh, you know, Devers is, is definitely a candidate up there. Who do you got? Well, Devers is in the Major League spot. He's been there for a little bit. But I'm going to go ahead and say Tim Tebow, simply because I want him so badly more than anything else to be in the majors. And I think he needs to start – Stringing together some some quality uh, some quality abs and and little uh, little av- batting average there so that he can be added to the forty man roster and called up in September. So he's your uh, he's your Crash Davis minor leaguer of the week. In other words, you said rookie of the week. I'm sorry, I know, but but I was just so excited to jump on top of the minor leaguer Crash Davis award of the week that I jumped the gun. I'm sorry to to everyone listening. It's okay. I blame Jordy because the Google Hangout didn't work. But uh, (laughs) quick thoughts about about, uh, Tim Tebow and the Mets have nothing else to lose because they might as well bring him up at this point. Uh, And then uh, I would love to get back to the topic that you brought up in the first place. Could you imagine if Tebow comes up to Citi Field and hits a dinger? Just like he's, he's playing like, they're playing the Nationals and Scherzer like, tries to hit him because he's crazy that way with his different colors. And Tebow looks at him like, I forgive you, my son. And he grooves one in and Tebow just nails one out. This is like this is what Tebow does. I hate the Mets. And I'm giving out some fan fiction of, of how the New York Mets will have a this grand moment of their season. Their season will be saved by this man. 
Yeah, and and guess what? What? I agree. I think I think a hundred percent he should be up there. Oh yeah, I uh, mean it, it'll be it'll be it'll be cool to see. I mean, see him kind of do his little tour around, and I mean he's done way more than anybody's thought he that he would ever been able to do. Because everybody, you know, everybody really doubted this when it, I think it was about a year ago he announced it. Everybody's like, "What? What's he doing? What's this publicity stunt?" You know, he played a little bit in spring training and didn't do so well, and hit a couple walk-offs in the, you know, with the Augusta uh, Green Jackets, I believe is who he was playing for to start. And slowly but surely, he's making his way through the ranks. And who knows? I mean, if he doesn't get added to their forty-man roster, what? I mean, it'd be exciting to see. Agreed. So yeah, so my rookie of the week, um, and I wish Tebow would be called up soon, but my rookie of the week, um, you know, I, I'm gonna give Paul DeJong a little little nod from the Cardinals, uh, averaging 500 this last week, seven RBIs, uh, including four doubles. So good for him. Good on you, mate. But I have to go with either Ben Attendee or Devers, both in the Red Sox. Benintendi with 10 RBIs, including four home runs this past week, Jordy. Okay? Kid had eight hits total, and four of them were home runs. Okay? It's nice. It's a nice little run. Figure me that out, right? And then Devers out here, six RBIs, um, nine hits, three home runs. So six RBIs, three home runs, nine hits. Uh, he's averaging His average for this week was 409. So a little higher numbers, less home runs, a uh, little less RBI, but higher average, and, um, you know, got on base, just touch, touch more. But the point is those two, both those rookies, too good to not give it to both of them, uh, and they're a huge uh, part of the Red Sox success. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely a good little double, double take there. Um, mine is going to be is going to be DeJong. I think you're batting 500 on the week, uh, 12 for 14. Uh, for 24, excuse me, strikes out a little more than you might want it at eight times. That's leading most of the rookies I can see here, or at least the ones that are are above, um, you know, really the top 10. Um, but, I mean, two homers, seven ribbies, walk twice, OPS of over 1,400. So that's really what you want to see. Um, a team that, you know, I, I gave the Cardinals a little bit of uh, a little bit of doubt, but this is a guy who will become your next – you know, minor league story. This is something that the Cardinals have always really been able to do is produce, 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 produce. And here's a guy who's already doing it in since basically July 1st. And, you know, he's going to keep going and it's, it's going to be a nice little run for them. I agree. And, and we talked about it earlier that they're certainly a team to look out for and certainly a team to, uh, to keep their eye on moving forward, especially in that tight race. And, um, you know, it's definitely not going to be easy, but having him play the way he played is certainly, um, hopefully will help them. So I know, you know, get on you a lot, blah, blah, blah. Pitcher of the week for rookies. What do you got? Pitcher of the week for the rooks. I have, and give me one second to load that up, but I got for you, Gregory. Well, I can give you mine while you're loading up. Yeah, give me yours while I load mine up. Hey, load yours up, and I'll give you mine. Uh, it's actually keep me on my toes. Props to you. Thank you. It's actually going to be a uh, 
a bullpen guy, if you will. Ooh. All right. Big bullpen guy. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, Alan Booz, uh, Boosenitz from the Minnesota Twins. I probably butchered his name. I'm sorry, Alan. 1L. Um, five, 5.1 inning, innings pitched, one hit, two walks, five Ks, picked up a win, zero earned runs, and a .56 whip. Um, you know, five. It's pretty dominant. It is. As a relief pitcher, that's really good. I understand it's for the Minnesota Twins. However, good, good, good on you, mate. <laughs> that, that good on you, indeed. Uh, for me, for my rookie of the week in terms of the pitcher, uh, there's two options you could really go with. One's Luis Castillo, the pitcher for the Reds, who in a rough week for the Reds. Uh, at least didn't come away with a loss in an ERA sub three. But the guy I'm going to give it to has a little more strikeouts, uh, has a little higher ERA, uh, but a little more control. That's uh, Diddleson Lamette of the San Diego Padres. 12 innings pitched, had a win, a, uh, a whip of .83. He only had four walks, 12 strikeouts in those 12 innings. Uh, three, uh, 3.0 ERA, so... I mean, that's right on par of what you want to see, especially out of a rookie. What's his name? Din- Denelson? Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah. If you, if you were if you were if you were the tape, you said Diddleson. <laughs> I, I definitely did say Diddleson. I was trying to my mind was too focused on trying to pronounce his last name that I like Diddleson Labat. Uh, um and I'm sure I didn't do that. I'm just making up excuses for myself as I go along. But uh, one thing about about this guy that that Diddleson, uh, <laughs> good old Diddleson. Um, uh, but um, hey, listen, one, one thing for game. certain, for for certain uh, for certain salary capped uh, activities, definitely a guy to. Uh, and I know we haven't done fantasy guys in a while, but. He's somebody that, as a rookie and as as kind of a little more of a, a volatile guy, especially on a team like the Padres, where you don't get a ton of run support. Um, you know, he's a guy that that can perform well, uh, and this is definitely one of those waves where you're catching him pretty well. So, if you are still in the position where you might need a keeper or two, a young guy to look out for, a quick little fantasy update for you, he might be a guy to check out for. Uh, Paul DeJong is probably gone, but. There's a lot of pitchers still out there. Jake Faria is there. He didn't have himself that good of a week. That's a guy I have on, on a couple of my teams. Um, but that's something you want to look out for, especially in keeper leagues. You can probably get them for pretty cheap because those guys that are in the running have either made trades to trade away some keepers or maybe some free agent dollars. And you know, guys like uh, our boy Dinelson is uh, <laughs> prob- probably hanging around. Love it. Um, all right, moving on. What's next? So up next, Greg, is the fan favorite section. Little stadium snacks. And uh, really quickly, Greg, have you been on our Twitter today? Honestly, Jordy, I don't have access to the Thunderblog password to go on the Twitter. However, have you I, have been on the my Twitter? Own, I have been on my own Twitter feed and... I did have a quick glimpse, um, but it looked like a football stadium snack, not a baseball stadium snack. Well, so I do have I do have a baseball one, and then the football one itself uh, is on our Twitter. You can find the link 
to my baseball one and a bonus vacation stadium snack. That's ThunderBLG is our Twitter handle. Uh, so I'm actually going to go through all three. Uh, if you want to pepper in one in between, please go right ahead. Hey, Jordy, my baseball what's the, one. What's the Instagram? Instagram is Thunderbog Sports. That one's easier to remember. Uh, you don't need to forget some vowels in that one. But, uh, you know, with the, th- with the uh, Thunder BLG, Thunder Blig, as I like to say, we, we want to save your characters to uh, to tweet at us. So please do. Please, uh, you know, tickle tickle me that way. Um, oh! Yeah, you know, tickle me fancy. Gentlemen, tickle me to. So my uh my baseball stadium snack is gonna be the hot dog of the week at the Phillies. Uh, for those that kn- that are not aware, I've been uh trying to test out each hot dog of the month the Phillies do. This month for August, it's the Hawaiian dog, which Greg is an all beef hot dog with chopped pineapple, chopped spam and teriyaki sauce drizzled on top of it. Uh, it was actually pretty good. I was very unsure of the spam, especially at a baseball stadium, but it worked out well. Uh, the teriyaki sauce really brought it all together. I think it was the, ch- the chopped pineapple might have been a little bit grilled, which if you've never had grilled pineapple, go buy yourself one. Buy yourself a grill or one of those griddles you can put on top of your stove and have at it. It's You're going to thank me later. It's Honestly, very good. That, that whole food you just dis- described was disgusting. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, and I was I was very nervous to try it, but I think the teriyaki sauce brought it all together. Um, but uh, so before I get to my my, my little yeah, one to five, it? one to five, would you eat it again? Uh, I'd give it a uh, one. No, I would never eat it again. <laughs> So well, we've gone over other stadium snacks at Citizens Bank Park that I'd rather go get. And, I mean, if I now that I'm not obligated to go test out August's hot dog of the month, you know, I'm gonna I'm free to, to have my usual snacks. I'm a man of habit. Listen, you so, don't have to, the stadium snack doesn't have to be good every week, so I'm glad we diversified our profile and gave something that uh, you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to have some losers in there. You know, we can't be all winners. <laughs> no millennial mindsets here, Greg. Well, I love it. Let's do it. Moving on. Here we go. What's so next? My, my bonus vacation one, I was out in Michigan uh, up at my grandfather's place uh, right on White Lake, Michigan, and uh, off the big lake itself, Lake Michigan. Uh, but they have an ice cream brand out there called Hudsonville. They uh, have a few different flavors that are named after various locales across the state. One of which is named after the uh, island of Mackinac. Mackinac Island fudge is a uh, you know a food they they export out of there. Very very good itself the the actual chocolate, but uh, the ice cream itself also called Mac Island fudge. Incredible has a little bit you know a little bit of actual chunks of fudge within it. A little bit of chocolate sauce, little bit of nut in there. Um, I mix that with cake batter. Their cake batter is actually yellow, which I actually think is pretty cool. Uh, had that in a giant waffle cone. That's on our Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, as Greg asked me before. And uh, are, isn't most cake batter yellow? Well, I'm glad you asked that, and that that's actually uh, one that I've noticed as I've gone through uh, the various different types of cake batter ice cream I've tried. Down here, Turkey Hill ice cream. Their cake batter is yellow but it's more of like an off-white color um cre- more creamy color like a vanilla cake that color before you bake it you know you know what i'm talking about i understand the cream off-white 
vanilla yellow tint that you're talking about. Yeah, but this is like yellow, like not highlighter yellow, but yellow. Um, like think Batman's logo yellow. All right. Yeah, you know, so it's good. Check it out on our on our uh, on our Instagram if you ever get out to Western Michigan, and I'm sure they sell it in Central Michigan as well. I've just never really spent any time there. Most of my time in in the state has been out in and White Lake in the Muskegon area. Um, but then, yeah, today we discovered the the number one craziest stadium food in 2017 is at Lincoln Financial Field. So it had to be mentioned tonight, Greg, especially with the the Link's first outing uh, with the Eagles. It's called the Slim Chicken. Greg, this is what I was asking you about before. Have you seen this on our Twitter page? I have seen it on the Twitter page. Those that haven't, this sandwich is a fried chicken breast that's fried in frosted flake batter. So frosted flakes, deep fried, a piece of, I believe it's Gouda cheese on top, couple candy bacon strips on top of it. And the bun, Greg, is a deep fried apple fritter. A deep fried apple fritter, huh? Oh, yeah. See, deep fried apple fritter. Does he, have you had it? Have you tried it? No, I haven't been to the link yet this year. It's new to the for the new Eagle season. Send Maddie via text. Let's see if we can get a live review as we're uh, potting. Doing that, he uh, he's too busy scouting. He wants to try to get a leg up in our dynasty league. Nah, classic Maddie move. I don't even know. This. As we're as we're in the twentieth round of our league, <laughs> we're picking fifth fifth round running backs or fifth string running backs. Seriously, enough. Uh, it's uh, miserable. Anyways, enough about us, Jordy. Let's get back to the topic at hand. The lecture. Do you have a stadium snack for the fans, Greg? No, I have not been. No. Uh, uh, I have not been to Fenway or any park for that matter. However, I was down at beautiful Cape Cod, down on uh, the Atlantic Ocean over there. I don't know if you guys have that uh, in Philly. But no, the, we only have, we just have two rivers. We, we're not close enough to the ocean. There's a people. Some some people think we should blow up New Jersey so we get an ocean. But I'm not. I'm not one for blowing up land masses. That just seems extreme, especially with all that's going on currently. But uh, yeah, so I had a beautiful, wonderful lobster roll down in uh, good old Cape Cod, and that was, for lack of a better word, uh, amazing. And, uh, you know, if you haven't had a lobster roll from Cape Cod, I recommend it. Uh, I've had in New England, not in Cape Cod. I've done them in Rhode Island, which is pretty good. I know we've talked about before and your, your feelings on the state. I've nope. uh, done them out of Berkshire, so I feel like that's the furthest in Massachusetts I could have gotten from the Cape. Doesn't so I think uh, G-Man making a little trip up to Cape Cod is, is in order. Or even or even head up to Maine. The Maine lobster roll is pretty famous as well. That's true. The Maine lobster. It's it's uh, the starring role. Um, yeah, so no, for me, no stadium <laughs> today. But they do have the Cape Cod Baseball League. Um, so I guess we can count that as a 
stadium snack. So, ipso facto, I win this one again. Yeah, I mean, a little uh, little backdoor victory for you out of nowhere. You know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, listen. Yeah, really uh, – Really came out of nowhere at that one. I was, uh, who was it, John Lundy, looking over my shoulder, and you ran right by me, that famous race. You came out um, here with three stadium snacks, and I came out with a vacation down the Cape and turned it around and flipped it into uh, a great stadium snack. But uh, let's I'm glad you say down the Cape because we stayed down the shore to go to the Jersey Shore. So that uh, I'm glad that we, we can at least – agree on one grammatically incorrect phrasing of how we take our vacations in our respective regions. Well, we actually say, Oh, I was on the Cape. Ah, uh, all right. All right. Fine. Be grammatically correct. I was trying to, you know, see if we we're on the same level, but you know, be the new England elite, you know, a little more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if you're not New England elite, do you really matter? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, where was America started? We don't you know, we don't need to keep getting into these uh Where was America started? Do we have to get into the Plymouth Rock and all that stuff or Yeah, where was where did it become official? Where did where was it legally binding? Um, legally binding? Well, I mean, if we're talking about when things went into effect, where the war was won, um or are we talking about well, Let's when not a, bring Virginia into this. They don't count. If we're talking about when a little piece of paper that meant nothing at the time was signed, you and I could start a, You and I could write a piece of paper that says, "All right, we are now uh, running the U.S." We could sign a piece of paper, but it would mean absolutely nothing until we actually won a battle against the United States and took it for ourselves. So, quite frankly, your little cl- claim to fame, Philadelphia, where America started, is just a moot, irrelevant point. <laughs> All right, before the uh before we let these fighting words become uh computer tossing words, let's um <laughs> move on, get some get some bleacher creatures. And we, we referenced it before, but the Little League World Series is back. We've talked about it a little bit last week. But I mean the whole tournament's basically bleacher creature heaven. Yeah. And you've been down before, and there's a ton to do there. Yeah, no, it's a blast. It's uh there's so much to do there. There's so many interesting characters to see. Uh, you know, it really is the whole town surrounds this one event uh, for about a week or two weeks in August. So it's it's pretty crazy to see. And quite frankly, it's definitely a, a spectacle that people should get down to. Um, but you're right. A ton of bleacher creatures coming in for next week from there. My bleacher creature, something that we griped on earlier, or I griped on earlier, uh, is simply this, the fact that the Yankees have proclaimed in their little judge's stable or whatever the hell court bullshit. Not a horse, they're chambers. Whatever the hell it is, no judge wears a fucking robe in his chamber. But regardless, um, my my bleacher creatures are actual creatures, and those are the, the ugly bleacher creatures who wear robes uh, in Aaron Judge's quote-unquote chamber for someone who has done absolutely nothing for the Yankees other than win a home run derby, which is a meaningless, meaningless uh, spectacle of, of uh, a bullpen or a, a, a pregame batting session. Um, sure. And, and quite frankly, uh, those are my gross bleacher creatures for the week. And the reason why I'm bringing it up now is simply because the Red Sox had a little – they were in my forefront, and uh, you know I was forced to watch the game on ESPN, and 
ESPN. Could not ride it. Uh, that little gap tooth piece of shit. Uh, rookie. <laughs> stupid ass penis and a stupid ass fucking judges quarters more. Uh, and quite frankly, Jesus. Um, I'm sick and tired of it. And I know that the Thunderblog pod has always been a family show, but I had to use those harsh words uh, via this, and you can bleed me out so you can keep it uh, TVMA13. Well, we've always had the, uh, the the good old explicit tag on iTunes, so uh, <laughs> family show, I'm not sure we are. <laughs> but um, Listen, thank you for letting me rant on that. Oh, no, 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 it's necessary. I mean, I know I agree with you, though. There's some people that I think we both know from high school um, that like popped up on my social media that live in New York. Other people I know from college or just from, you know, other, other walks of life that I've seen on like Instagram, Facebook that go to a Yankee game. And basically like, they're not even paying it. Like going to the Yankee game almost feels like it's a social event. Not that there aren't diehard Yankee fans. There are plenty of those, but like the, the social aspect, at least for the, some of those, people that come on, you know, come on now and not even knowing that Aaron judge is stunk and over for about a month. And it's still like, Oh, got to see the judge in his chambers. Oh man. Gotta yeah. go down. Like, yeah. I mean, the pro the problem is pretty simple. It's the fact that like, uh, you know, the Yankee, the ownership group made their tickets. They priced out their fans. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And I mean, that's, I mean, part of that has to do with socioeconomic within New York itself of how just expensive that city is and, and just how much it costs to build something. But no, they certainly, uh, they didn't need to build luxury boxes all the way down the third and first baselines. They could have just stuck with in between the dugouts, like most stadiums do. <laughs> or just add seats and make people sit on top of each other's laps like they do at Fenway. <laughs> or do uh, what the Phillies do and have st a ton of standing room, which is actually awesome. I'm not making a joke of that. It's a good time. Great views. Um, or do what the Phillies do and make their stadium the easiest stadium to get home runs out of, except for Coors Field out in Denver. Well, yeah, it's a nice lefties park. There's a nice little breeze that flies out of there. Um, you know, Coors with the, the thin air. But let's, um, Greg. Do you have any do you have any beers that you wanted to uh, to bring up? A little beer corner. Should we reserve that for uh, whenever Matty D decides to stop scouting the Eagles? <laughs> Honestly, Jordy, I was on vacation, so it was a lot of uh, Corona on the beach, as well as uh, you know, a little a little uh, mudslides and and oh. type drinks. So for me, um, nothing good from the from the whole beer corner unless you're a fan of vacation beers, which I think most people are. How about I'm a huge yourself? fan of the vacation beer. Um, I happen to be where I am, Muskegon, or basically Muskegon's Whitehall, Michigan. Uh, Muskegon's the bigger city you might might have heard. The one you definitely probably would have heard is Grand Rapids, which we're about an hour north of. Uh, the Founders Brewery is right there. Bells, which is in Comstock, which is basically as you're driving into Grand Rapids, it's, it's on – on the way, um, we we've talked about this. We talked about Oberon Day, uh, but the Two Hearted Ale was one that you can find up there for pretty cheap. So that was our, you know, vacation beer of choice. So I had a lot of those on the golf course, a lot of those on the boat, a lot of those on the beach. Uh, it was a nice little uh, couple days of of Bell's Two Hearted, and it was kind of a lost love. I drank a lot of that, 
turned 21 and was discovering Bells out there. And it came east, and I had it a few times. And you know, other different Philadelphia brews, New England brews, kind of made their way into into Philadelphia as well, um, and kind of made their way into my repertoire. So it was nice to to find to rediscover the Two Hearted Ale. It's a you know IPA, very good if you've never had it. I love it. Hey. Jordy, great, uh, great beer corner from you today, bud. Yeah, you know, I uh, I want to bring it back, and you know, we uh, we don't always need Matty D for Matty D's beer corner. I think we've learned that the uh, the the uh, our way, if you will, <laughs> uh-huh. the, the Frank Sinatra style. We did it our way. Uh, nice. But let's look at this weekend and next week. Um, uh, the housekeeping of it. We'll be back Sunday for Game of Thrones. Probably try to do baseball. Some point earlier next week. I won't be on vacation, so I won't be forced to do it on Thursday. Oh, you guys, or out on a conference. Did you miss? Uh, we're also trying. What was that? You missed Game of Thrones this week, right? You missed that. I did, yeah, because I was. Uh, I drove out to Michigan on Sunday and missed it live, so I didn't even watch it until Monday. Use well, um, cotton. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I I saw the episode. I mean, anyway, I have an idea of what I'm going to do for it of what I'm going to do for it, fans. Stick around. Listen to Sunday's episode. You'll see what I got in store for you. Should be pretty great. But uh, probably try to get some football in. I'm not sure how exactly we're going to do it. Maddie D and I have to have our business meeting. That's our housekeeping. Let's look at next week in baseball. Greg, this weekend, what series are you watching out for? Well, Personally, I'll be watching the Yankees-Red Sox. I was about to say aside from, but we had to mention it. Yes. However, for the purposes of this, um, you know, a couple of teams I mentioned from earlier, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers are playing a little three-game set in Colorado. Um, So I'm excited to see that one, Um, as well as Arizona at Minnesota. Um, But honestly, if we're being honest, Jordy, what I'm looking out for is the race for last place, Philadelphia Phillies at the San Francisco Giants. You you mentioned it earlier. I hope Pavel Sandoval takes one right in the shoulder or back or head game one. Um, but other than that, let's go Phils. And, uh, but Milwaukee, Colorado is, is the other one I'm looking out for outside of the toilet bowl out there in uh, San Francisco. So, uh, really fun fact. I think we might have talked about this last week on that series quickly. It's not really – it's a, it's a fact, but you know, ESPN.com, when you go on their schedule, it'll show tickets and available, and it shows a stub, the lowest StubHub price. <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. So Sunday afternoon's game with Madison Bumgarner on the mound for the Giants. Guess how low the guess how low the price is for the uh, the cheapest ticket? Uh, twenty bucks. Uh, divide it significantly <laughs> uh it's less than 20 bucks jesus christ you can't even get a red sox tampa bay bullshit game for fucking less than 100 let's see uh divide 20 significantly i'm gonna go five lower than that <laughs> lower than five or two bucks Two bucks to see Madison Bumgarner pitch on StubHub. Is that standing room or is that like legit seats? Jeez, two dollars. I, I don't have. I don't have the seating chart in front of me, but oh two bucks. It's, it's blowing up. 
but you it makes it to water for two dollars at Fenway. You can't even get water for two dollars. <clears throat> the opportunity cost for me to fly out Sunday morning and fly back Sunday night on a red eye and just go right to my office might be worth it for two dollar tickets. Hundred <laughs> percent, especially if you've never if you've never been there before, it, it definitely is worth it. And if we're being honest, that's a big series. You know, loser gets first. Yeah. That could be the deciding the deciding game that makes the Phillies not in last place. So I should be there to see that. You're Greg, you're convincing me. I, I think you should do it. You there's no reason not to. Let's get yeah. the Phillies. I'm only young once. You get to see Bumgarner, you get to see two dollar tickets, you get to see San Francisco and those that that beer and all this nonsense and, or the uh No, there's beer out there. They have great beer in San Francisco. Right. Harpoon. Uh, what else is out there? Harpoon uh, is, is, is just a Boston company, and that's just not a San Francisco company. Anchor San Francisco. I, I apologize. I got my nautical beers uh, switched. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. But uh, my uh, my series, you you uh, threw one on for me. Uh, that's I, I'm pretty excited to see that. The turnout of Arizona and Minnesota, um, it's it's going to be an interesting series. Irvin Santana's on Friday for the Twins. Uh, get a little interesting on Saturday with Jose Barrios versus Zach Greinke. And then on Sunday to wrap that guy up, it's Brandon Shipley versus Big Sexy himself, Bartolo Colon. Arizona walks away, a couple wins there, sort of bucking that trend we were talking about with away games and uh, – you know who knows who knows the hell that'll go, um, or how, how that comes. It, it's not necessarily put up or shut up because they'll still be in, in a nice spot in terms of the standings. But that's definitely one to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, an interesting one as well might be uh, Toronto Blue Jays coming to Wrigley. Uh, the Cubs have been interesting to watch. We referenced their win from the other night, uh, and. Seeing Toronto come that way, uh, it's not every year that you see Canada come come to the friendly confines. So that's definitely a one for our Chicago friends to keep an eye out for. I love it. Great take. Um, I agree. And uh, honestly, can't go wrong as uh, football starts to heat back up. Now's your time to get in uh, some of those some of those big series. I mean, September baseball is right around the corner and. The playoff series are heating up, so these these games and these series are super important. Um, even winning two out of three is is major victory. Major, major victory. So, you know, good luck to the Phils. Hope they uh, hope they crush it, and uh, let's go Sox. That's my final word. Yeah, I like it, and uh, you know, let's go Phils. And like we said before, please go a like share and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We've been doing this YouTube live Facebook hangouts deal for a couple weeks now. And it, it seems like it's been going pretty well. Aside from our little faux pas and getting everything set up tonight, Greg. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, um, go find us on Twitter. Thunder BLG again is our handle. Thunderblog sports is what to look out for on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you know, Let's go Phils. Let's go Sox. And uh, I think that'll do it for us. Greg, thank you as always. You are a tremendous co-host. Jordy, anytime. 
um, you know, you're great. I, the pod's great, and you know, I, obviously, I like, I'm excited to hear Maddie D uh, back on. But uh, anytime I can help, anytime I can help you in the pod, um, I'm there for you. And uh, let's go, Sox. Well, I always appreciate it, and that'll do it for us tonight. For my man Greg Piatelli, with Thunderblogsports.com's bullpen cart. Have a good night, everybody, and I'll see you soon.